take the main uh, initial beginning for this would probably be the 1870s, which is what uh, the article says about uh, the American Dermatological Association Mm -hmm. pathologizing hypertrichosis, which is excessive body hair. And that kind of really fed into um, the 1920s being a time... Um, it says these doctors primarily targeted white women, and mm-hmm. this was also, the 1920s was called the body hair scare, kind of, which is when it started to become more fashionable, <laughs> because because these fashions and magazines were starting to come out, that um, it was, like, becoming a big thing to tell women, what, what was the quote, because it's so sweet, it's, uh, fashion magazines began urging ladies of the day to remove their unsightly fur, or else risk sullying their feminine charm. You know what's really fucked up is I bet you they use photos of people who have the excessive body hair. Yeah. As a way to scare them, which yeah, is so that's fucking so, rude. Which the thing is, is like today we obviously know that you don't do things like that, but then yeah, it's like I we just we have different standards for how you treat people now. But what I think is extra funny about this is that this this uses the word fur from the twenties as a bad thing, and I'm I'm getting asked on my uh, I think because we've been talking about body hair way more I've been getting ads on my Instagram for this company called fur and I honestly really want to try it because I really like um I well we're gonna talk about it later because we're talking about body hair but I I get waxed every month so I I really like products for um just like hair follicle tenderness and making sure to like not get ingrowns mm-hmm. and um just basic skin inflammation because I already have sensitive skin and I I like products like that but it's a company called Fur. Yeah. And it just makes me laugh that they take it as such a like positive note because it's 2019 and they're like, no, love your body hair. But yeah. like make it, it's literally like it's, they do like beard oils and they do other stuff. But um, this also goes on to talk about again later how the next phase in that um, hair fad kind of control would have been the 90s when um, porn kind of put... Uh, more groomed women on display and like Playboy had um, centerfolds that had like a lot of nudity and like bare vaginas that were basically making it more trendy so um, it kind of became or alluring or alluring yeah and the thing is too is if it's being used that's they're gonna be connected if like what you're seeing is a lot of attractive women doing this you're gonna you're gonna start associating it with attractiveness if that makes sense I wonder how Playboy determined that like bare women would be more alluring to men. I do think it might have had to do with porn already going there because I think a big thing in the 70s and 80s with porn, like people talk about this of like those golden eras of porn is like, nah, dude, like Bush ruled the scene then. Like nobody cared. It was (laughs) like, who was the first pornographic woman to shave it all down? To be like, here I am, gents. Here's like, here's what it really looks like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I don't know. That would be a good question. If you guys know, uh, hit us up on Instagram or on our email. Oh, this yeah. Is, by the way, hey, this is uncomfortable. This is uncomfortable. Oh, hi. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Hello. This this is Uncomfortable Podcast. You're tuned in to another episode about body oh, hair. Body hair. Get yeah. comfortable. This week we're talking about... The five million little follicles that cover your body. About five million follicles. That All over? Your... Yep. What? Not just on your head. Not just my head? Like you would love. I got thick hair, man. <laughs> I, I feel you like know? I... Do you think I have like a million on my head? No. I'd say you probably have a substantial amount on your head. <laughs> your hair is voluptuous and beautiful Ooh, on your well, head. Oh, thank you. You're very welcome. No. Okay, so um, I remember you were saying earlier something about um, hair stages, too. Yeah, so um, there's a couple stages of hair, which I thought would be cool to touch on just because I learned about it today, and it was fascinating, but I love these kinds of things. Yeah, of course. I love learning about the human body and how freaking 
weird and how much of an anomaly it is. I had the coolest Charlie Brown encyclopedia yeah. about your body when I was a kid. Oh, and it's like what? why I love body stuff to this day. Yeah. To this day. I took a nutrition class last year and just learning about the way that your body uses food mm-hmm. to fuel itself. It's Or, oh, you know what blew my mind even more was the ability you have as a mother to nurse your child and, oh my like, God. literally your breast milk has everything it needs. Everything. For as long as it can stain itself. Yeah. Like, it's whew. honestly unbelievable. Yeah. The human nuts. body is a wonder. So anyway, um, the first stage is obviously when you're a fetus in the womb, you're covered by all these little tiny hairs all over. Mm-hmm. And then when you're born, a fresh new baby, uh, they are no longer there, but you get these other little vellus hairs, which is the peach fuzz on little babies. It's unpigmented. <laughs> it's just like white little baby hairs. That's why yeah. they're so soft and cute. They get that little soft glow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Living your best life down then. Uh-huh. Um, and then you move into your teen years and all of your uh, sex hormones, your androgens come alive and start coursing through your body. And you get your terminal androgenic hair, which is the coarse, very pigmented hair that uh, is there for the rest of your life. And it's, you know, it happens in men earlier because they get their sex hormones earlier and they have quite a few more. And so that's why you see um, those cute little... Uh, baby mustaches on guys and yeah. like, their armpit hair and Dude. belly hair and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. I love those. I no, so I just, I'm just thinking I have a little cousin who just has like the most grown up mustache. I'm like, I remember holding Aww. him as a baby. So I'm just like, what are you doing? Get that off your face. Isn't that such an indicator of like being grown up? Ugh. Like when you can have full like facial hair. And that's, and honestly they do. It's, if you think about it, that's, I think, why we associate it with maleness. You know, you we were talking about, like, how facial hair used to be perceived in men before versus now. And I think it is perceived in a manly sense because it takes strong hormone output to create that. I mean, I think it does because when your hormones are much healthier, you create more, which I think is why those, like, vitamins and things, like, will work and sometimes help you promote that hair growth. Yeah. But it it, it is kind of an indicator of, like, robust hormonal health yeah that makes but or I honestly I, maybe hormonal imbalance because sometimes that's also an indicator yeah. of that um you know it's funny i came here wanting to talk about basically predominantly female body hair mm-hmm. but i think it's really important to talk about male body hair too because i think yeah. there's this um cool trend happening where men are having more ability to express themselves with their facial hair with their their head on their hair their hair on their head i'm sorry um, and I, I think it's really awesome and, you know, you see more man buns happening and maybe that's like a California thing. Maybe yeah. that's not no, everywhere. I, and I saw, I saw, I mean, it was travelers though. So it would yeah. be like European dudes who are traveling. Like yeah. that would also make sense. I feel like it's hard to remember that we kind of live in a little bit of a, a liberal bubble over here. Yeah. So it's important to know that like not everything is the same everywhere else in the U.S. Or not the everywhere world. else in the U.S. But one important thing to remember too is that even in more conservative states, Capital cities tend to do have, like, hipster towns, and, like, that's just kind of... I'm just sure there are lots of man buns where you wouldn't even expect yeah. them, if that makes sense. But, I mean, in the past, long hair on men was always perceived as... Like, feminine very or negative, taboo. Right, yeah, and yeah, now yeah. it's, like, it's becoming embraced, it's becoming more styled. It's like a wild man thing, not, yeah. not like a girly man thing. Yeah, like a Jason Momoa type Yeah, man. dude, maybe he's the one who changed it. Oh. Yeah. I'm maybe, okay maybe, <laughs> honestly, maybe it was the Dothraki. Yeah. The Dothraki <laughs> warrior hair. Oh my god. Yeah, yes. that's probably what it was. Yep, that's probably what mm. it was. But anyway, you have, you also have cycles with your hair, which is really cool, so 
Um, like all of your uh, terminal androgenic uh, androgenic hair has a cycle. So like the hair on your head, if you've ever tried to grow your hair out for a really long time and you notice that it just stops at a certain point and then starts breaking, mm-hmm. that's because that's the end of your hair cycle. And so your hormones automatically trigger it to stop growing. And then so it's rude. super obnoxious. Yeah. I hate that. But also your hair changes over, over time too. So... When I was first born, my hair was stick straight and platinum blonde. Oh, wow. And now it's, like, kind of wavy slash curly, and it's, like, a super dark blonde slash really light brown. Yeah. Um, I'd say, like, it's, like, an ash blonde, because it's, like, it's definitely blonde, but it's it's dark. Yeah, yeah. super dark. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was born with, like, um, like red, red hair, and it was fine and so straight. So cool. And I have um, thick dark curly hair now mm-hmm. i wouldn't i don't know it's not really black because in the light it's still a little bit reddish but sam always calls me a secret ginger because <laughs> nobody really knows yeah um but it it's that i think change also is part of your like that adolescent hormone change you're nobody not everybody's hair just gets darker but i do notice even like kids do i, I notice like when when kids are fair haired like their hair tends to get a little darker yeah. as they get older mm-hmm. So, um, obviously there's a lot of societal standards with hair and we were talking about them briefly earlier with porn. Um, do you think that the current state of hair removal or, or keeping hair is due to comfort these days or do you think it's still predominantly societal pressure? So I do think that the liberal bubble that you're talking about, um, has a lot to do with many different circles of influence here because I think... It's really easy for me to say, well, I think a lot of people just choose different things because everybody's comfortable making their own choices. That is absolutely not true. No. Um, The way that advertising works, I do know that most of my friends who, even if they don't want to, will continue to shave just because they feel like they feel like their body is supposed to be a certain way. So they'll just keep shaving, even though it makes them really uncomfortable. I stopped that for almost most parts of my body just because I've done different hair removal things. So like I'm at just different cycles of using those things but um the idea of shaving for me I think shaving particularly for me for like bikini just it seems really cumbersome and troublesome and Mm -hmm. I honestly it's making me feel itchy right now just thinking about it (laughs) um and that just comes because I've you know I've, I've just tried a lot and it that's just one of those things that I feel like does create this type of societal pressure that I am convinced that sometimes doesn't exist And that's just not true anymore. I do think in 2019, it's much easier for people to choose from a diverse array of things. I think social media helps people know that, hey, a lot of different people are doing a lot of things. And it's okay for me that no matter what I choose is right because it's right for me. Mm -hmm. But that's also really easy for me to say as like a very, like, that's how I think. But a lot of the people that I know, my friends and family, do get very caught up in what the people around them think. And it is very much about like, well, no, of course you shave or of course you wax or of course you bleach it or whatever. I think a way to indicate that or kind of see where society's at is to look at the the speakers of the of the of the culture. So you know all of our celebrities, mm-hmm. um, and I can't tell you any celebrity female right now who has armpit hair because that's just I think that's kind of they if anyone tend to fit into the social norms the most because they're kind of the trendsetters too at the same yeah. time. Yeah, 
And I, I do see that there have been a lot more movements with female armpit hair. Oh, wait, um, I take that back. Miley Cyrus. Oh, okay, she has? Yeah, okay. I take that back completely. Okay. But I think that that's kind of out of the norm and, like, people react exactly. poorly to it or super positively because yeah. that's just... Their... Which, honestly, then when you really start thinking about it, like, any time I have... Because I really try... I, I don't care. I think that people who want to grow out their armpit hair should be able to, yeah. whether they're male or female, because it's really not my business. It kind of makes me laugh that we have such visual reactions to, like, when a man has armpit hair, it is absolutely not. Even though one of my most disgusting memories is, like, a friend of mine from high school just, like, getting done playing, like, basketball or something, and then coming over to hug me and me turning my face... And I didn't touch my face, but it was, like, on the side of my chin, like, and, like, on the side of... It was just really close to me, and he put his arm around me to give me a hug, and his fucking wet armpit hair (laughs) left, like, sweat on me, and I just remember being so grossed out, and, like, always, immediately, it's not... And that's the thing, it's not about him being a male having body hair, it was about the fact that, like, his body hair was doing what it was supposed to do. Yeah. It was, like, catching sweat for him, it was keeping his body cool, and it was keeping the smell on him that kept him, like, human around his like that's you're supposed to have body hair but in that scenario I like it was kind of a good thing for me because I kind of remembered that like no these things across the board male or female I wouldn't have wanted that to happen to me but that doesn't mean that I care about his body hair and if that had been a woman there would have been 5,000 more things wrong with it technically not for me, but, like, how it would have been perceived. Because yeah. it was like, well, why didn't you... Why yeah. Why is she growing it out? Why is she sweating it all? Why is she sweating it all? Which yeah. is like, um, hi, she's a person. Yeah, I'm homo sapien. <laughs> I sweat. Sweat glands. Not overheat. Regulate my body temperature. <laughs> yeah. I can't pant like a dog. That'd be cool. Uh, I, I can, cool, but actually. I don't want... It honestly looks exhausting. Every time I see Gus, dude, I'm like, can you just lay down? Like, yeah. Do you want a fan? It's my <laughs> Can I just give you some cold water? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um... So I think an important thing to take away from that is that while male body hair gets addressed in certain ways and, like, it gets treated as this, like, sign of masculinity, um, the lack of it, like, we're talking about, like, men having beards and it being masculine, you are gauged by your femininity in a lot of circles by your lack of it. Yeah, like, if you can't grow a beard... It's considered... It's kind of shamed, almost. Yeah. Which is also ridiculous. You have no control over that. Why are we shaming things for people they can't control anyway? Yeah. I think uh, it, for men it's also really hard because, I mean, obviously I'm not a man, so I could never tell you right, you know, one way or another, but um, there is this huge pressure for men to be masculine and to to have, you know, a full beard or be able to do that and, you know, yeah. rah, 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 lumberjack, blah. <laughs> and I think there's a really beautiful trend happening with um, the lines of femininity and masculinity being blurred for both male and female and I think that's really wonderful and it's promoting a lot of authenticity and free you know uh, free expression absolutely and I think that you know masculinity is no longer defined in certain ways that it was you know by being muscular and being able to lift heavy things and build things and have a beard and whatever the fuck you want to include but also femininity also isn't being defined by the same things anymore. And I think that... I think they both need to be expanded until they just blur into each other. Yeah, I agree. And also, I feel like we don't really acknowledge enough the freedom that women have in terms of their physical expression. Yeah. I mean, we can dress masculine or we can dress feminine and yeah. it's not really looked at one way or another. 
but men are kind of cornered into this this circle of you can't wear dresses sort of thing. Yeah, or like, yeah, yeah. Or, like, you, even accessories. Like, I feel like men, only certain men will wear certain types of bracelets. Like, um... Like, like a watch is acceptable, exactly. but... Exactly. There's, like, an accessory rule. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I we would, were even talking about that. It's like, it's kind of sad, because we get so many different... Yeah. ...arenas to do that in. I'd love to see some dudes with headbands on. Yes! Like, cute little headbands. Oh, my gosh. That would be awesome. I think this should be... Everyone, support this trend... Men with headbands. Men with headbands, guys. Um, we, we can call them um, headmans. <laughs> Does that work? Headmans. I'm going to trademark We'll that. figure it out. <laughs> That'll work. Um, I think, I, I just think that it's a really easy way for us to also express to people um, general body love and acceptance. Because if we're not willing to do that without qualification, then we're not willing to teach it yet. Do you feel like society is going in a direction where body hair is going to be less concerned about? I think so, because we're being given a lot more options. And I also think that um, in the under the umbrella of leaving people alone, I'm, I'm seeing it much more with like younger generations. I'm like the tail end of millennial, and I, I do see it's like post-millennial, and then I think Gen Z are like the two after it. But... I'm even seeing it a little bit in my generation, definitely in the generations after, that it's, it really is about just, like, letting people be, and I think that might have to also do with, um, not just, like, letting people, uh, groom themselves however they want, but, like, leaving the people alone who, like, don't want to groom it, and just, like, I mean, other than, like, hygiene and safety, you know, like... I definitely think there's an important aspect of, of self-maintenance when it comes to hygiene, because... Um, I mean, scientifically, the more hair you have on your body, the more shelter you have for, like, bugs and parasites. Okay. And so I think that's kind of, like, something to that consider. That does make sense. And yeah, also, if absolutely. you're not showering, like, you're not taking care of your body in the way it deserves to be taken care of. Yeah. And, I mean, obviously, that's your choice. If you want to not shower, that's your thing. It's like, a choice, but I'm also starting to realize as an adult, um, outside of access... Um, it is definitely like an indicator of mental health. Like when I'm yeah, like when I'm not always not yeah. doing the hottest, like my hair definitely gets washed less because it's just I can always justify because I have curly hair and it's really dry. But it definitely like I'll push it when I'm not doing the yeah. best because it's just it's easier to do that. And I think um, I think not not remembering that that's kind of an indicator of what we're willing to take care of with ourselves is kind of like, yeah, more freedom to you. Hygiene, no hygiene. So do you feel like your current um, rituals in terms of your body hair are more for your comfort or more for your partner's comfort or more for to fit in? Okay, so I would say originally when when we first got together, they were probably for my partner's... Probably for my partner's comfort, but um, it very quickly, I've just realized as an adult what my boundaries are for my comfort. So I've realized um, I care way less about my leg hair than I used to because it's, I've never had really intense leg hair. So even when it grows, it grows out pretty for like a a couple weeks before I even care because you can't really see it Mm -hmm. and it's like very light. So I don't really care. Um, don't prioritize it as much. I have noticed that my bikini and my Brazilian is way more of a personal deal to me now yeah. than it was before. When we first got together, that was definitely something that like, oh, it was like You a, kept it maintained. I kept it maintained and it was, but I just like started getting, I like have a wax pass. So I know we're going to start talking about our rituals later, but that is something that I really like. I have a monthly wax pass and I, um, I go once every four weeks. I go like clockwork because another thing about body hair is that 
if you wax, it hurts way less when you do it consistently because your hair will sit higher, your follicles will sit up higher to the surface of your skin, so they mm-hmm. get pulled out less. And um, I remember one time I couldn't go for a couple weeks and I like had to, it ended up being like seven weeks or something. So I had like ended up shaving and then waiting for it to grow a little longer to wax Mm -hmm. it. And she was like, oh, you rerooted. Because I was like, why does this hurt so bad? Yeah. And she called it rerooting. And I was just like. That's brilliant. Yeah. So um, I I would say probably mostly now that I'm older, they're for me. What would you say for yourself? Um, I definitely would say when I was younger and I was not confident in my own skin and I didn't know who the hell I was and I was just trying to like fit in as much as I could and be sexy. Yeah. To be honest. Be sexy for sure. <laughs> um, it was not for me at all. Yeah. And it hurts like hell. Like it's not a pleasant, ex- I don't like exposing my stuff to a fucking stranger. Like. Yeah. It's not fun. I oh, mean, you were talking specifically Brazilian. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, say, shaving my legs too, or like my armpits or whatever. Like yeah. that was all for my external you know, view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, now, financially, I can't afford to go as often as I would like. Yeah. But um, I'm also unwilling to, uh, like, do it myself or, like, shave because that's just way worse for me. Yeah. And it's so time-consuming. Yeah. Like, I've, I've tried to shave one time since I was 18, and it took me an hour and a half. Yeah. And I was so unhappy with it, and I regretted every bit of it. And it's honestly miserable. <laughs> yeah. And if you can do it, I, I commend you. You're awesome. Uh, good for you. Keep it up. It's way cheaper. But, I mean, I try to do it. I try to keep it as regular as possible, but financially, I just can't afford to do yeah. it, like, every month like I'd want. Yeah. But also, I've been doing it since I was 18, with the exception of that one time. Yeah. And so, my hair growth pattern is a lot different, and it doesn't get crazy, and it can't, I can stretch it out longer. Yeah. I think I, that's a big thing, too, is, like, when you take care of it for a long time, your hair does grow differently. But I also take really good care of my body, and, like, I exfoliate, and I, I moisturize, yeah. and I use non-abrasive soaps, and I go out of my way to, like, have that part of my self-care daily yeah. routine. Yeah. And I think that's, in the long run, helped me... Uh, be more comfortable with the state of my body and whatever state it's in. Just, yeah. like, the more you take care of it, the more you love it. Yeah. Like, you, so, can, you can't take care of a dog for years and not end up loving it. Yeah. Even if it's, like, an old, smelly dog. It doesn't matter. You took care, you've invested matter. so much yeah, into it. Yeah, you know, it. it's like yeah. having a friend that you take care of. You're going to eventually care about that friend because you're taking care of it. So yeah. So, I, I yeah. apply the same principle to my body. Yeah. I agree with you. So, what I was saying earlier about, like, it being for myself is that, like, that type of self-care and that, like, type of that feeling. I just realize, like, I know you know what I'm talking about. Just, like, when you when you feel groomed the way that you want to feel groomed, I've noticed that a lot of that feeling went away, whether, like, no matter how, like, waxed or shaved I was, once I started, like, really exfoliating very regularly. Like, I have, like, a body scrub that I really love, and I just started realizing that not just making that, like, a sometimes thing, but, like, I don't do it to my face, because my face is pretty sensitive, but I body exfoliate, like, probably more than I should, just because it feels really good, makes my skin feel really good, um, and it also really helps with, all of those hair removal procedures. Um, I do want to note that like, while it's not something that I do regularly, that I have read a lot of forums and seen a lot of things on for a lot of people, um, shaving being the most straightforward, being the cheapest. And if you are using the right, so a lot of people, what it is, is just like a regular, like a rose toner and then making sure to use vitamin E oil and that Mm. will like, that'll close your follicles up with something that's like, um, or coconut oil too. Yeah. I use coconut oil very briefly and it like miraculously changed like the, the texture of my skin and like everything because what it does is it's like a natural antibacterial and it just like, it coats the follicle anyway, so nothing will get in. Yeah. 
So I think that's a, like a really, um, that's a really great way yeah. to avoid I th- that. I think shave. it's a, it's important to acknowledge that the act of removing body hair in whatever form you choose to do it or not do it for that matter. Yeah. That's like one component of the entire recipe. Yeah. Like you have to take care of your skin externally from that one situation where yeah. you're shaving. Like if you're prone to ingrowns, you need to be exfoliating. If yeah. you have really dry skin, you need to be moisturizing. I mean, it, there's just so many things it's that your go biggest into organ. part of that. Yeah. People, and the thing is, is like, this was something I just started doing recently because I'm like a product hoarder and I realized I was like, oh, you know that thing when, you know, you don't use like one gift set and you ended up with like three extra lotions in your house. You're like, I don't know what to do with all this lotion. I started realizing I'm like, I don't use it a lot. And while I don't want a lot of like additive products or things that have like chemicals I don't want, a lot of these are already, they've already passed that test because they've made it into my house. Like mm-hmm. I've already done that research. Yeah. Um, and I just need to start using them more because even if I think my skin feels okay, I can always moisturize it more. I can always do more to it because it's literally your largest organ. It is your first protector against Mm -hmm. the environment. And the reason your hair is there in particular places is also to protect you from those things. Yeah. So I think that's also like... It's helped to... It's there to regulate your temperature. It helps you... Like your eyebrows and your eyelashes help you communicate. Like raise your eyebrows like you're shocked. That's oh communicated. That's like nonverbal communication. I never right? even that, thought about that. Yeah. Um, and then like, okay, so pubic hair in, in particular, like that's there to help um, it your, you... pheromone, your pheromones. It helps trap and like transmit them. Yeah. So you're you're literally attracting mates with your pubic hair. Yeah. Which is like mind blowing. I know. That I, always like makes me laugh. The idea of pheromones, <laughs> it just is nuts. I had a sex ed teacher who would always like make fun of like modern kids. He's, he's just like, <laughs> he just like rant at us like, your pubic hair is there to catch your pheromones. That's how you attract each other. Quit waxing, quit waxing your pubes off, you idiot. And you would always just like make fun of young it's people true. for like, for like excessively removing their body hair. But I mean... That's the thing. We've, like, fed into this culture to do it, but it literally is the way that you attract. It's, like, what brings people to you, like, primally. Yeah. Yeah. Just think about that, y'all. Yeah. So, uh, it's funny. I took a a biology of the human perspective class in college, and it talked about, like, a lot of, like, genetics and stuff like that. But my teacher would always compare our weird genetics to other species, and one of them was pheromones. And learning about pheromones, I mean, like I said, I love all things body, yeah. but the pheromones particularly were so fascinating because I remember there was this one moth whose pheromones could reach two miles out to another moth. <laughs> and then on top of it, I don't know if it was the same moth or if it was another um, insect, but their uh, semen was half of their body weight. So by the time they like ejaculated into the ma- the female... Um, it was half of their body. <laughs> so I don't know if y'all get down on some like reproductive cycles of animals, but they are insane. Oh shit. I think it's, um, either ladybugs or pill bugs. I think it's ladybugs, but they, um, instead of like having actual, like, you know, intercourse, yeah. the male has like a sharp penis that it just like stabs into the <laughs> abdomen of the female and like secretes semen and it... <laughs> Was the funniest class I have ever had. Just thinking about these little male ladybugs stabbing their dicks into Stab females. Fucking. Yeah, it was. This okay. is fucking wild, dude. <laughs> so, Not National Geographic. Yeah, sorry to go off on a tangent. No, no, like that, no. But you're, it's, 
I don't have a weird fetish, just so we know. Ladybug sex. It's, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> Insects have weird sex lives. Do they have hair? No, they don't. Well, I mean, I guess they do because they have the kind of... It's not like human in, like, hair, antenna. but they have that, you know, like bristles and stuff. Because I know even like... Yeah, like and stuff have porcupines that. have that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or um, mongrels. I think it serves a lot mongrels. of purposes across those. I know you were talking about eyebrows and eyelashes too before... But a funny thing that, like, I forget, too, is, like, oh, people, you know how, like, there's, like, beauty uh, standards across cultures, too. People always say, like, oh, Middle Eastern people have, like, um, like more intense eyes and stuff. A lot of that is because you're in the desert with a lot of dust, so yeah. you need thicker eyebrows and thicker eyelashes yeah, to protect eyebrows, your eyes. eyebrows stop all of the sweat from getting in your eyeballs. Yeah. Can you imagine if you just had sweat dripping in your eyeballs because you didn't have eyebrows this I mean, it? it's very rare, but I have worked out hard enough in the gym, like, twice to have that. It's horrible. Time. Yeah, and it, it will literally sting. And yes. then sometimes literally the only thing that stops it, I'll, like, notice it stop on my eyebrows. And I, in those moments, I always get kind you of excited because I'm like, oh, wow, that's what my brows are for. Yeah. It's perfect. Yeah. Well, and then really lashes funny. are kind of like cat whiskers or they're super sensitive. Yeah, because so you like, can feel it. Yeah, if you were to have something really close to your face where it was touching your eyelashes, you'd jump back. That always surprises me, too, about my eyelashes. That I can. It's not that you can physically feel the eyelash. It's that you, they are so sensitive that I'm very aware of, like, what's going on. Like, yeah. I can always tell, like, oh, there's a hair caught in it or, like, oh, there's something on... You know yeah. what I mean? It's not always... You can tell almost when, like, a eyelash is out of place. Yeah. Yeah. You can feel it. And I... Yeah. Especially because of my extensions. So I think that the the most important part of all of it is to just figure out what makes you comfortable. I mean, that's hard to do, of course, because we live in a society that's very pressured. But, I mean, really when it comes down to it, I, I mean, I, I'm no saint for that. I think that a lot of my practices are because I still feel pressure for it. And Do you? I mean, when I was younger, I used to, like, not be able to enjoy sex with my boyfriend if I hadn't been, like, recently waxed or whatever. Okay. Like, it was to that degree. Now I don't really care, but I think yeah, maybe part of my waxing is not so much 100% my own comfort. It's a matter of I feel more confident if I'm, like, maintained. I honestly, at this point, my waxing is strictly for me, and I know that if if we weren't, if, if that was not an interest, even if Sam and I weren't together, that I would consistently keep up my waxes for several reasons. Because I just, because of that one time that she was like, oh, you rerouted. And I was like, it just had been weeks. And I was like, okay, I never want to do that again. So because I never want to have a first wax again, I'm like, no, I'm just going to never stop. Because it's, it's, it's almost, it's just not worth it to go through yeah. that again if I'm going to do it. Um, the other reasons would be that, um, I have done laser in the past in other, not, not in my bikini, but I've done it in other areas. And I don't think that I would be the kind of person who would do, uh, something as permanent or expensive as laser or electrolysis for something like, um, for something that sensitive because it's a horm it's a very hormonal spot. So that's going to be one of those areas where like, yeah, okay, you got it treated. And those specific follicles got treated. But one thing they tell you with laser is that, like, they can't ever guarantee that new follicles from new yeah. hormones and new cycles won't just show up. Yeah. So I do appreciate, I used to do my armpits, and I do appreciate that even though that was, like, over 10 years ago, um, my armpits are still much lighter. I don't have that, like, undershadow of shaving. And I don't, honestly, like, the hair growth is just much more sparse even 10 years later. But I would say the, like, complete hairlessness of that only lasted, like, a year or so. But it's a very hormonal part of the body. So I would say those permanent 
like, more expensive methods, if you're going to use them, use them for, like, if you care about your forearm hair or if you care about your leg hair or things like that. Um, Underlying message I definitely want to keep reiterating that you've definitely mentioned is that, like, it is about what makes you comfortable. I think that's what we're trying to touch on. Male and female. We haven't done that in the past, maybe for ourselves, but... If, like, I have a lot of friends who do not shave their legs or their armpits and they are much happier that way. I I, honestly, like, um, a lot of the reason I slowed down a lot with my legs is a lot of the same reason that a few of my friends have stopped shaving their legs is that they get, their follicles get irritated. You can even see it right now. My follicles get irritated and it it just gets very sensitive. So a lot of my female friends have just stopped. And it doesn't, like, that's the thing. It's 2019. Like, it doesn't. Yeah. What? (laughs) I've always had very, very, um, like, insanely sensitive legs my whole life, mm-hmm. the skin on my legs. And so um, it was also a source of, like, releasing anxiety and stress for me. So I'd, like, scratch my legs yeah. when I was anxious. Yeah. Um, especially in my sleep when I was younger. So I, oh, wow. I grew up always having scabs all over my legs. And now I have, like, little scars all over my legs. You can't really tell because they blend in because there's so many. Yeah. But I would just, like perpetually scratch my legs in my sleep yeah and the only way that that happens now is if I shave my legs regularly so I don't do that anymore you know what's funny that you say that is that's literally what I do but it's because it's because in the summer I shave I get honestly in the winter it gets kind of comical because a lot of my it'll do that thing where I'll get bald patches on my legs because it will rub off on my leggings because I just like don't shave my legs yeah um but in the summer just because I'm wearing a lot more that I feel like and that that does end up being about societal expectation because literally what yeah. I say to myself in my head is that outfit won't look cute if you can see my leg hair. What the fuck does that mean? What does that mean? I don't know. Honestly, it's it's like periods. It's like we all get them, whatever. It doesn't like, really we matter. We should be moving on from this. Yeah. It makes me think back to just pit hair in general, especially with women. Women and yeah. pit hair is such a volatile subject for so many people and it's... Have you ever seen a guy with, without armpit hair? Uh, that will throw you off just as much. Have yeah. you noticed? But why can't they why? have that choice? That's the thing is if you're going to, if we're going to go out of our way to try and like accept like, oh, okay, it makes me, it just throws me off for my societal norms when I see armpit hair. But then when you don't see it on a guy, you're going to, it's just honestly, it's a very, um, the dichotomy of the structure is more strict almost than any other like gender yeah. norm structure than we have. There's like only very specific ways you're allowed to have hair. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I think that eventually, hopefully people will stop giving a crap about this and just let people live their lives. Because I think honestly having armpit hair might be more comfortable. I mean, I think so too, but no, that's, that's actually one of the ones that, I have tried to let go of, and I was just like, nah, like, I don't like doing this all the time, I'm gonna just not. Um, I don't like having armpit hair. It makes me, uh, more itchy. Okay. <laughs> like, they itch me more, and is I Is that think, because they're not past that point where it's not itchy any longer, or is it just perpetually? Um, well, I tried to let it get past that, I was, I probably experimented with this, like, two years ago, and I tried to let it get past that point, and it honestly didn't even get that far, but it, it yeah. just made me uncomfortable. And a big thing I do notice, which is, like, is what it's supposed to do, is that, like, it does hold a lot more of your, like, natural body smell in. And um, while that's, that's absolutely the point of it, fine, though. that's the point yeah. of it, and that you might just not... I think that's a really funny thing, is our psychology goes so deep, is that that is actually what you're supposed to smell like. You're supposed to smell like a person. Yeah. Not like a field of flowers all the time. 
And, and I, I think we forget that. I have this theory. I don't know if it's my theory or if I read it somewhere or someone told me or if it's scientific or I don't know. But <laughs> I have this theory that if you're attracted to someone's body odor, it means that genetically you're more matched to their genetics. I think Like you're true. more compatible. I think it's Whereas true. Whereas if you find their, their body odor like really insulting or repulsive or whatever, yeah. then like you're not genetically matched. But I also think like... Every boyfriend I've had, I've loved the way that their their body odor smelled. Yeah. And I think that kind of... I mean, maybe it's just a matter of, like, I cared about them and, like, had a connection with I them. I do think a lot of that has to do with endorphin, too. Because I do think you're right. I think you're on the something. But it's something. such a unique scent, yeah. so maybe that is it. Yeah. Like, I know that unique scent. Like, it's like a mom's mom dog smelling their puppies. Yeah, yeah. Like, you that's know how that specific person That's is. how dogs sometimes identify as their puppies is by their smells. Yeah. Like, maybe that's a matter of, this is my partner's smell, and it's very attractive to me. I think it might have to do with that, too. Just because it's... Um, I know exactly what you mean, and I can relate to that. I just, I always assumed it had a lot to do with um, me associating that smell with so much of, like, my own affection. Yeah. If that makes sense. But I'm Like, not I sure. like the way that I smell. Yeah. I don't think that, like, when I smell, I think it's repulsive. I think, like, oh, I smell someone else might find it repulsive, so I'm going to Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because the thing is, is I think you know how to recognize them as human smells. You're just like, oh, this is what a human smells like when... Yeah. Oh, they're like sweaty or they're tired. You know, right. Like all of these things are like, oh, this is morning breath, so I should go change this. Yeah. But when you smell it on yourself, I think because you know your smells, it's not that they're offensive. You just recognize like you're like, oh, that's because that's this my this smell. This is yeah. happening. I need to do this. Like I'm really sick, so I smell this way. Yeah, or I do like, notice like my sweat smells different when I'm sick. It's yeah, so gross. it's 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 so fascinating though because it's such Not an gross. indicator of how you're doing internally. Yeah, and it's so important to like acknowledge that and identify it and like understand it. Yeah, that plays into that self care stuff of you're identifying the phases of your body and how you're feeling in certain moments and just being so aware of it. Yeah. Rather than just like, oh, I smell, I gotta wash it off. Like, okay, well, do you smell because you're working out? Do you smell because you haven't been taking a shower in the last few days? Like, maybe you should check in with yourself mentally. You know, there's there's so many things that can, like, be indicators of what's going on with you. Like, this is the sense, and now it's being triggered. So yeah. why, what, what is it you need to pay attention to? But also, I think... That's I always think, what it is. I think paying attention to your different body hair is important, too, because, like... Obviously, the most overarching one, gray hairs, like, mm-hmm. shows that you're aging or, like, you're really stressed. I noticed that, like, when people are new parents, like, that first year, at the end of the first year, mm-hmm. they have way more gray hairs. Oh, or, like, yeah. have you ever noticed how um, U.S. presidents, <laughs> they, they get super, super gray hair yeah, by yeah, the end yeah. of it? The way that, um... The way that Obama grayed. Yeah. And it was funny, too, because he it was, like, literally, like, it was textbook. It was the sides of his hair, like, the temples where he was, like, his thinking spots, that all just grayed yeah. really quickly. But do you think that's a matter of aging, or do you think that's a matter of stress? I think, I think that's a matter both. of stress. Because yeah. um, I would say that my first crop of grays was my undergrad. My next crop of grays was planning the wedding. And then this past year, I would say my grays have, like, du- nice. I've had a very, very hard year. Um, I would say my grays have like doubled in the past year and then very recently my hair started falling out. Yeah. So I think that's another thing to watch out with your hair is that like, uh, especially too, if we're talking body hair, a really important thing about hormonal body hair, if you're watching for that, those are also indicators of your head. So the most stressful time in my life where I was like surrounded by a lot of toxicity, I had stress like crazy, my hair texture on my head changed dramatically. And then also I had 
Like, I have these little baby hairs on the side of my head. Yeah. Like, since I was born. They're, yeah. They'll never grow. Um, I started straight up having bald spots there. Yeah. Like, yeah. my hair was just breaking off, and the texture got really frizzy and dry and negative. And part of it was because of stress. Part of it was because I was on the IUD. Like, oh, there was yeah. so many things going on. And it was so crazy how much of an indicator the state of my life was able to be recognized by the state of my hair. Well, the thing is, is you were talking earlier about how, like, your hair is, like, it's, like, proteins and keratins, right? Like, that's, if your body is not functioning, uh, like, at its, like, optimal, like, health, and you're not making those things correctly, it's not going to be putting out the healthiest versions of those things. Yeah. So, um, I also noticed that, too, is that, like, a really great barometer for my mental health, for me, is my baby hairs up here. Because, um, if I have them, and they look long, and they're, like, growing in, that's very normal for me. Um, if they're looking sparse and they're shorter and you can like see my temples, my hair starting to fall out again. It's like, I didn't realize how like easy it was for my hair. Like that's one of my first like stressors is like my hair will start to fall out. Yeah. Um, so I think when we talk about body hair, it's important to remember like all of it really matters. And it, mm-hmm. it kind of, um, a big thing I started to notice too is that I stopped tweezing my eyebrows because they don't grow in like they used to in my twenties. Mm-hmm. Like, um. You can create a bald spot on your eyebrows that yeah. will stay there forever <laughs> because yeah, the, it just, they, it'll stop growing after a certain point. The brows I have now, just naturally, are not my natural brows that I yeah. had when I was 14. I oh had my God. huge Italian eyebrows when I was 14. Oh, really? And now they do not grow past the point they're at now. But they're a great shape. Thank you. I think that's I have a great esthetician. A really great thing to do, too, is that, like, I noticed that they weren't growing in as much. Yeah. So I left them alone. So what I appreciate is that enough of them has gone away that they don't have the, like, the very... Because I used to have, they were um, kind of just thick and... Not flat, but I just didn't have much of an arch. Mm-hmm. So a lot of my, like, removal was just, like, creating an arch because they were just, like, kind of just, like, laid straight. Um, and I've noticed that that, some of those have not come back in, so I've, like, retained an arch. But I've grown back just enough where I'm like, all right, maybe I can maintain, like, normal-looking brows if I just, like, yeah. forever leave them alone. Yeah. It's a really great way to indicate your aging, too, I feel like. So, um, I mean, I feel like this question's already been answered, but what would your ideal state of your own body hair be? If, you know, there was no societal pressure, if there was no partner pressure, if there was no external um, input into your own body hair, like, what would that look like for you? If I had no input into my body hair, I would... Probably still have as minimal of body hair as I was mentioning before, but I would actually, I think if there was no pressure and I could have ideally whatever I wanted, I would have a bikini that did not grow, like, like, like no bikini on the sides just for bathing suits, just because aesthetically that's what I've gotten used to, but then that I also didn't have to trim, because the really annoying thing about having to trim is that, like, it... <laughs> I know this is what it's called. This is uncomfortable, and I always say this, but oh, I'm about to go here. I just feel like when you go, I'm gonna just go there. When you go really natural for really long, it gets a little harder to like to to trim if you don't keep up with it. If that yeah, makes it's sense. like a beard. It, it gets yeah, really unruly and get, all over the place, and you don't and know where to can, start. It can get very unruly very quickly. Yeah. So if I could have my ideal situation, I would have like um like a like a like. An area, like a pubic area that did have hair on it, but it didn't grow past, like, 
It, like, stayed short by itself. Yeah, it was aesthetically pleasing pubic hair. Yeah, basically. But also just really, really short. I don't even mean aesthetically pleasing. I just want it to be really short because I feel like I'm not bothered by the sight of it because I think that's, like, a normal adult thing. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to deal with it. And I think that's my biggest thing is about body hair is that I don't have a problem having it. I'm just Middle Eastern, so the, like, terminal hair length that we're talking about all over my body is much longer than a lot of other people's. Yeah. So it's just, I I also have, like, really thick, dark hair, so it's... I mean, but in terms of the rest of your body, though, I mean, would you... I would prefer to be hairless. Yeah. <laughs> I, I like having hairless legs. Um, I've never... My thing about my arms is I've never thought about it because I've never really grown arm hair. I used to shave in high school. Yeah, I did I'm it once. i I stopped. I did it once. And um, I got those little elbow bumpies, and I hated it. Yeah. Did so, you do it regularly in high school? Like, all the time? Yeah, and then w- once I started getting tattooed, um, like, I would shave my half sleeve all the time. Oh, really? Then, yeah. Just after. because... Yeah, just... Well, like, after it healed, of course. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Like, just well, because, yeah. Just because I feel like hair kind of... Um, it was muting the color, whatever bullshit I wanted to, you know, explain away. But, um... Okay, I see what you're saying. Interesting, yeah. I didn't know that. Like, for my legs... I think, ideally, I never would shave them again. Just because, in terms of, like... Oh, wait, you mean, not ideally, like, what you would do for pressure. You mean, like, I'm talking about what my nat- what my body would naturally grow. I'm like, if I could just no, not like, have... No, like... <laughs> I just, like, no leg hair. No, yeah, no, I get that. That's, yeah, yeah, that'd yeah. be also ideal, but I mean, like, in the natural state you are as a human today... Yeah. Like, what would you change in terms of your routine? Oh, I wouldn't give a shit about my I'm about my legs. I would never shave my legs again. Yeah. Fuck my leg hair. I do think I'd keep shaving my armpits just because of what I said before, but I don't want to shave them. I think what I really liked for my... What I would want to do is I'd want to do laser because it was the easiest and it was so cool. My Just watching my armpit hair literally fall out was the coolest. Yeah. But, um... I'd probably stop everything, honestly. You'd stop everything? Yeah, and I just let it be itself. I think that in terms of, like, t- daily routines, like, maintaining yourself, like, I wouldn't give a shit about my eyebrows or my eyelashes or my hair. My hair is psychotic if I just let it air dry. Oh, it is so yeah. big and mane-like. I would, if I yeah. could just embrace that fully myself, I would. And I'm getting there. I'm, like, starting to, like, I was work- just going to ask you. I was like, wh- why are you not embracing this? Um, I think it's just, it's taking me 30 years to, like, to get to this begin point. to embrace it and yeah. like know how to maintain it and like how to make it look like I didn't just wake up and like shove my head out the window when the hair was wet and like yeah. let it dry that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Which is I how think, I live my life. Yeah, I mean, I've never been into makeup. I've never been into like girly. I don't want to say girly stuff, but like to more ha- feminine like, like hair and yeah, like, makeup products. And yeah, stuff. I've yeah. never been into like the beauty product kind of thing, and so now that I'm like trying to figure out curl creams and like what could be good for my hair and like how to take care of it better and like all the I mean you know I keep going back to I'm just trying to take care of myself better on a day-to-day basis yeah and um for me that doesn't entail makeup and stuff like that so if I could have less of a daily maintenance and just like embrace how I am in that moment I think that'd be more beneficial mentally for me interesting that's awesome yeah I mean I completely see where you're coming from. I just think that part of it for me is um, is almost self-care. Just because I, I've i started to notice that like that time that you spend with yourself, whether it or not it be doing things that you like think are doing for yourself or other people. Because um, I sometimes wonder. I'm like, I don't know if this is shallow. Like if I'm like, you know, when you're posting about like, oh, like if I'm posting about like, oh, 
doing a mask or skincare or things like that. Because it is about maintaining a certain, like, a, like aesthetic, I guess if you're talking about keeping your skin healthy. But for me, honestly, it's about taking that time to do something for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's about investing in yourself enough, thinking that you are worth the time enough to sit down and have that, like, five minutes with yourself. And that's kind of what it's become for me. I think there's a a balance between having that moment where you're paying attention to you and loving you, but also having these moments in the long term, where you're outside of those, you know, you're not in the moment of taking care of yourself, where you still feel comfortable with yourself, where you still feel love, where you still feel like that continuing, um, like, commitment to yourself and compassion towards yourself. Yeah. Because it's easy to feel loved to yourself when you're in that moment of self-care. Like, you're having a bubble bath to yourself. You lit some candles. You're having a glass of wine. It's easy to feel like, I'm I'm loving myself right now. Yeah. But if you're in the middle of work and like you you know you see someone who's super gorgeous, are you still having that moment where you're not like uh, feeling a little insecure or whatever? Like how how much is that self care moment extending into the rest of your life? See, that's the thing is I that's a really really good question because I think that is really what stops a lot of us from uh, um, in, indulging in the things that we would ideally want to be doing for our for our grooming. Like if you're saying that like oh, ideally you would stop everything. It really is those moments. Like, you can't really carry over that self-care because it's that moment of comparison when you see this, like, polished, put-together, stylish, like, beautiful person. Who's different from you. Who's different from you, who has a different context, who has a different everything, and then not be able to... Like, it's not even about not being able to compare yourself. It's about not being able to... um, stay within that Mm self-satisfaction of just knowing that what you're doing is right for you. Mm -hmm. It's really hard to stay in that and not start asking yourself like, well, why can't I, why can't I? And that's, yeah, that's just not a good place to be. Yeah. She straightens her hair every day. Why am I not doing that? Yeah. It's like, well, maybe my hair doesn't look as good straight. And honestly, it takes me two hours to straighten my hair. That's a a time investment. I can't. That's another thing too, is I forget that like a lot of the time, especially as somebody with curly hair, it is so hard for me. Like, I love having curly hair, but feeling put together... <laughs> takes effort, It for takes sure. a yeah, lot of effort because everybody around me is, like, smoothed down and looks pretty and they they know how to use a curling iron and they use curling irons all the time and they... People just look way more put together than yeah. I have ever felt. Even when I, like, I leave the house and I'm like, okay, I've, like, done my hair. I've, like, literally gone out of my way to very carefully follow all the steps that give me my best curls. This is exactly how I want my hair to look. And I get somewhere and I can't help but feel, again, like I'm in sixth grade with my hair air drying mm-hmm. and just like frizzy and puffy and way different than everybody else's around me. Cause mm-hmm. that's the thing is like, I've always been that kid yeah. and having that reinforced by the fact that like, Oh, this curly hair that I'm so like, you know, quote unquote, you know, embracing and like, this is, this is my natural state and all that still making me feel othered or like less than mm-hmm. is almost, um, I don't want to say that it's, like, completely overpowering, but it is a very strong thing to overcome. Yeah. I think that's, like, a weird thing to deal with. Yeah. I would really, really love to talk to a guy about this kind of thing and see what their kind of perceptions on, like, their self-image in terms of 
like getting haircuts or not getting haircuts or shaving or having a beard, kind of what their pressures they feel are. Yeah. Uh, I think that'd be really uh, awesome to hear that perspective just because I can't possibly know it. I'm not a guy. But I think it's, you know, they for sure feel pressure all the time. I think just being human, that's what you feel. You know, I do think that it does make a difference for the men who do feel that pressure and those who don't. Because I think there is, like, a whole category of men who don't think to go to a barbershop, like, once every, like, couple weeks. Because their hair, I mean, if you're if you're wearing your hair shorter, it's just going to grow faster. That's yeah. just the way out of it. But there are, I mean, there's, like, now that I'm realizing, like, as an adult, like, no, I have a lot of friends who do that. But then I have large groups of friends who, like, that's not something that ever occurs to them. Because it's not part of their routine. So it's it's kind of this thing that, like, makes you... It doesn't make you love or respect yourself anymore, but I think having more of a structured routine does help you say to yourself, I do this to take care of this for myself. Mm-hmm. And it helps you, I think, see yourself more clearly, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think human beings just operate better with routines. Yes. I mean, we're creatures of habit. That's why when you go into a college class, you sit in the same seat every day. I didn't used to do that because I like to throw people off their game and have people get mad at me. I thought it was so comical. But it's, <laughs> it's true. Like, that seat you pick at the first day of class is so pivotal usually because that's where you're going to sit. Like, yeah. And you, then those people, people would so get weird. mad at you because they had made it such a pivotal seat for themselves. Yeah, Even though so I was weird. totally with you and I would do that too. I'd be yeah. like, what do you... No, we didn't assign seats. Like, I'm really sorry, but we didn't. Yeah. I'd sit based in the class based on how I was feeling that day. Yeah. And I feel like that was, like, also a good barometer for the teacher. It's like, if I'm sitting in the back... Don't call on me. Yeah, good luck with class today. I'm not going to be participating I'm much. I'm <laughs> basically just going to be staring at the wall. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to be playing something on my laptop. Sorry. Deal with that. Yeah. The reason I'm in the back is because I don't want anybody behind me to read my emails. That's that's yeah. why I'm here. See my Netflix video. Yeah. Exactly. I didn't ever actually do that. <laughs> I, I I thought the audacity of that was outrageous. I could yeah. never. It would bother me so much because I would always watch what they're watching. Like, yeah. Ooh, movies. <laughs> and then the thing is, too, is like, that's going to be more obvious because it's like, oh, everybody's. Fuck or, statistics. I'm going to watch. What are you watching? Handmaid's Tale fucking over here. Handmaid's Tales fucking new seasons of. That's yeah. fucking tight. So guys, if you have some input on that, I'd love to hear it. You can email us at thisisuncomfortablepodcast at gmail. We also have an Instagram. It's pretty fancy. It's, it's yeah. at thisisuncomfortablepodcast. Yep. We're growing. We're coming for you. We're coming for you. Yeah. Well, we're growing just like your body hair. Yeah. Be comfortable in your own skin. You know, a lot of your hair is like... 95% inherited, so you can only do so much. Yeah, thanks, Mom. You are you, and that's special and awesome, and you should embrace that because you're beautiful and you're wonderful and you're a very, very unique person in this world. And also, if there are 5 million little follicles working to protect you on your body every day... That's an uphill battle. Isn't that so fucking cool? Yeah. Like, commend your body for working so hard for you. You know what my favorite thing is is when, like... People get goosebumps and their hair stands up. Yeah. Like, that's a straight up physical reaction to something that's making you feel nervous or excited or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's my favorite feeling. I absolutely love that. Do you know what that is? Uh Uh-uh. Oh, wait, isn't it, like, your flight or flight kicks in? Your skin is literally pulling closer to your body to protect you. What? Yeah. uh, So, it happens when you're cold because it's trying to like preserve it but the, re- the reason the hair stands up is because like, it's like <laughs> your skin is like your face yeah back. it's kind of like dick shrinkage I feel like <laughs> but it's just like your whole body and it's literally like when that happens and you get because I think when you get goosebumps that's kind of like a chill 
But when you get that, like, you know, when you get cold and, like, all, you get goosebumps everywhere, that's definitely more, that's, you know where I learned that? That Charlie, that Charlie Brown encyclopedia book that that's I told you so about. so cool. <laughs> that's, like, that tears thing you told me that blew my freaking mind. I absolutely loved that. And did we talk about that on this podcast? I don't think so. Because I think that even if it's not relevant, that is an important thing that should, or maybe we'll just post about it on the Instagram, because I think that it's really cool, and we should talk about that's it. That's a good idea. Yeah. You have to go to the Instagram to hear that yeah. tidbit. If you want to learn about tears, go to our Instagram at This Is Uncomfortable Podcast. It blew our mind. Yeah. It blew my mind. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So anyway, thanks guys. Thanks. Live your own life. Be comfortable in your bodies. Love you. Love you. Bye. Keep your hair or take it off. Whatever you want.